You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com. This show, again, brought to you by our friends over at OMG.com. And right now, we have a contest going on at Instagram.com slash Fightful Online. Go over there, follow us, cut your best promo as OMG on butter. That's the, that's, that's the contest? That's a cool Hell contest. Yeah, that's a cool I idea. like it. I like the- it. The fellows at OMG thought of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And they commissioned uh, a piece of art from our friends at uh, Drawn from the Mind. It's phenomenal. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. Have, do we have any entries yet? I don't think so. But okay. I, today, today was the first night I was really pushing it, the rules and all that stuff. Yeah. We'll let it run a little bit. That's cool. Maybe we'll throw in some of those action figures, too. I told Sean I got some action figures to give away. Maybe we'll throw Maybe that we in. we got action figures, DVDs. Yeah. Did I tell you... This week, I, I won a bet that our bud Lonnie po- finally paid up on. I made him a bet that uh, Emelianenko would knock out Mir. And in the mail this week, I got a signed Nikolai Volkov comic book. Comic book? Comic book. What kind of comic book? I don't know. He's the greatest action star of our generation. What kind of comic book wouldn't he have? Well, that's interesting. Well, let's, let's take this right off the top. Melissa, are you going to Slammiversary on Sunday? Is that this Sunday? <laughs> I don't know. Jimmy, am I getting a beer stipend? <laughs> They're oh, sold God. out, too. That's the only way you'll get me on camera. Yeah. She'll be licked on camera. <laughs> Talking about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. And Impact even tweeted us back and said, we would love that. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it off the air. <laughs> maybe we'll do that. I, uh, I I want to apologize for being a little late. I had a meeting, and then I got caught up talking to Sean about legal situations. <laughs> and so next thing I knew, it was almost 10 after the hour already. 
so, I must uh, have missed the legal conversation. I... We did it just before we got on the air. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, all right. <laughs> I want to start off by talking about Mr. Saido. Yeah. Masa Saido. Uh, now, Miss Melissa and Nigel not being the wrestling fans, they might find his story interesting because he's got an interesting story. So he just passed away at the age of uh, 76 last Saturday in Japan. Uh, he had been in poor health for a while. I believe he suffered from Parkinson's disease. And he was, uh, he was one of the, what do you always call the, 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 the big wrestlers, like the, the big hosses or whatever, Sean? Sirloin beef sons of bitches. He was, he was a, 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 thick, <laughs> a thick, muscular Japanese wrestler, not to, be, not to be taken lightly in the, uh, in the 80s especially. He was known as one of the tough guys of the business. He and ran about 5'10", 265. That's yeah, a beefy son of a bitch. That's right probably there. accurate. Cool. That's probably accurate. He was a big, thick guy, and uh, as a matter of fact, back in 2015, I think you mentioned this in one of your pods this week. Brock Lesnar, uh, WWE wanted him for the Japanese uh, network special Beast in the East, and he'd agreed to go because he wanted to go see Masa Saido, and so uh, he got both done in, in, in the trip. But I want to tell the story for anybody that's not familiar of Masa Saido and how. Coming to the aid of a partner, Sean, can fuck you up. Oh. Because this is what happened. So in 1984, uh, Mr. Saito, I believe it might have been an AWA show, was uh, in a place called Waukesha, Wisconsin. I'm sure Nigel's been there many times. <laughs> and uh, a gentleman by the name of Ken Patera, uh, allegedly, because it, it was never, I don't think, proven, but allegedly went to a McDonald's restaurant after the matches the restaurant was closed. He allegedly threw a rock through the window uh, of the McDonald's and took off. Witness description pinpointed Patera. Two police officers went to his hotel room. And who was Patera uh, rooming with? He was rooming with Masa Saido, uh, who was not at the McDonald's that night, Sean. When, uh, when the police wanted to get in and question Patera, uh, Mr. Saido, uh, being the honorable partner of Ken Patera and friend, kind of got into it with them. Him and Patera beat the shit out of those two police officers, and uh, they both ended up getting two years in prison for battery, and served sure the two years, and they served the two years in prison, and uh, and so when I think of Mr. Saido, I've always thought about the fact that he's kind of associated with Patera because of that, even though he wasn't at that McDonald's, he did not allegedly brutalize a restaurant, but he did brutalize a police officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And got two years, but uh, yeah, he was a former WWE Tag Team Champion with Mr. Fuji. He was a former AWA Champion. Wrestled so, uh, at Starcade '95 against Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, and I, wasn't he enhancement with like Bam Bam Bigelow or something in around he, that time period? I can't remember, but um, I know that he was on like the WCW New Japan Super Show. He did uh, a few matches. I think he did three matches at Starcade with the Great Muda in a tag deal they were doing. So. If you want to go back and see several of his matches, you can you can watch that show, and it culminated in them facing the Steiner brothers in a pretty good match. So, yeah, and and I mentioned this, I think on one of the other shows, I think Monday's show, when they did Beast in the East a couple of years ago, Brock was just going over there to see Masa Saito anyway, and he got they they booked him on the show, and he made the the trip tax deductible, and mm-hmm. it was a good business move for him. But you can tell. How much or how well regarded he is? The fact that Brock Lesnar went to Japan. Yep. Brock Lesnar won't go to Green Bay for Raw, <laughs> but he went to Japan to see this guy. But he'll go to Winnipeg to watch the Jets play. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. 
Uh, I also want to give a quick shout out to Chad Mendez because he managed to pop me on Saturday night, and that doesn't happen very often. That was good. So yeah. uh, I want to, I want to give props to him. So uh, Chad Mendez is a UFC fighter. He's in the featherweight division, which is the 145 pound division. And Chad Mendez is small for a featherweight. He's about five six. So picture a guy five six, 145 pounds. He had just finished a two year suspension. Uh, had his first match back Saturday night against a guy named Miles Jury. Knocked out Miles Jury. In the post-fight, in the ring, he was asked, so what's next for you? And Chad Mendez, 5'6", 145, goes, Brock Lesnar, where are you at? And that <laughs> popped me, Sean. I thought that was That's awesome. Good. And so, of course, he was just joking because Brock Lesnar is the, the buzzword of the UFC right now. But... And he's coming off of a two-year drug suspension. So, yeah. Yeah. Who's he going to call out right now? He did the right thing and knocked a guy out he in did. Quick, quick fashion. Yeah, but I just thought it was funny. Imagine him and Brock side by side. That'd be a hell of a sight. Oh, yeah. But uh, So there was that. Let's move on to the, the polarizing topic of the week, and that would be the topic of Hulk Hogan, Sean. Yeah. I can't remember what day it was. Maybe it was Sunday when you texted me and said Hogan's back. And uh, so I looked into things, and I got to say, WWE was very—they were very strategic in how they worded this. They're still being very strategic in the damage control they do. Uh, yeah, the video, which we'll get into in a minute, wasn't the wisest thing that they that yeah. put up. But so they strategically uh, did not say that he has resigned. They did not say he's back. They did not say anything. All they said is he's been reinstated into the Hall of Fame after a three-year suspension. And that is the verbiage they used. They brought him to Pittsburgh for Extreme Rules. He met with Via the Cleveland. Via, Via Cleveland. Via Cleveland. They brought him in. So it, was, it, was that just a, a connection, or was he in Cleveland for a reason? Come on, man. Hulk Hogan, if they don't have to give him a connection flight, they're not going to. They, that was the first sign right there. Him being that the businessman the- that he is, did he like stop off in Cleveland for a Comic-Con or something? I don't think so. Because that's Hogan. He'll he'll pocket twenty grand on his way in. That's true. That's a good point. But uh, so they brought him in. He addressed the roster backstage. Uh, apparently, it was taped, but nothing's been released. He didn't appear on camera on the pay per view, and he left before Raw. Uh, we'll get in, into a minute into our thoughts about it. But I want to touch upon this first. So Mark Henry, who was critical in the past about this whole thing and what Hogan said and everything, but he's also a very fair guy, Mark Henry. Uh, he, uh, I think it was TMZ that he was talking to, and he said that there was a 50-50 split among the black wrestlers in WWE as far as Hogan coming back and the speech that he gave and everything. But he also told Busted Open Radio that he talked to Hogan at Extreme Rules and that he was, quote, very optimistic after speaking to Hogan. Then there were other guys. Kofi Kingston is one. He posted a statement on social media basically saying that the New Day is indifferent on this news. He said he has no problem with uh, Hogan being reinstated into the Hall of Fame, given his legacy and all of that. But he said that uh, otherwise he's not going to forget his comments. They're going to go about their business. He said it's not going to have any impact on their performance in the ring or anything like that. Titus O'Neil took a little bit of a different uh, route. Apparently, because I, I, I saw something on Twitter where he's saying there's he false did. information. Yeah, he didn't storm out. No, no, that's he not did. what I heard. Okay. People that were posting negative comments about Hogan, Titus O'Neil liked the negative comments. Correct. Which got people thinking, okay, he's not cool about this news. Then Titus O'Neil said that he was in agreement with Kofi's statement. Because Kofi's statement didn't say, fuck Hulk Hogan. It just so they said... they won't associate with him until they feel he's genuine. Right, but he said, he said, I understand them putting him back in the Hall of Fame. I'm indifferent about the news otherwise. He wasn't negative in any way. 
And Titus said, uh, I'm in agreement with what he said. Booker T back in May told uh, TMZ, quote, everybody deserves a second chance. It's what life is all about. I would say welcome back. And James Ellsworth on his podcast, which honestly, Sean, I didn't know was still going on until I saw this <laughs> yeah. news. He's not signed. That's why. He's not signed. No. He's on a per diem, like a per night. Yeah. Okay. Well, James Ellsworth said, for the most part, it seemed like everybody accepted his apology. So uh, let me give you my opinion. I, I saw some of your podcasts, so I saw like what Jeff Hawkins said and what Alex said and all that. Here's my opinion. I think that because of who he is, uh, he deserves a second chance. That's my opinion. I'm not going to defend what he said, uh, but if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, there's a good chance that Mr. Man would never have succeeded going national in the mid-'80s. Good chance we're not doing this podcast right yes, now. Yes, good chance we're not doing this podcast. Good chance WWE's not around. They're not signing a new deal that's going to pay them $500 million a year in, in the next four years, whatever it is. That's because of Hulk Hogan. He was the right guy in the right place at the right time. I think he's, he's earned a second chance. If it was Enzo Amore, Sean, that made those comments... Enzo Amore can go work at a, at a fast food joint for the rest of his life, as far as I'd be concerned as Vince McMahon. But because it's Hulk Hogan, I think he deserves a second chance. I do think, though, that there should be some conditions on it. The first one is, obviously, don't, be, don't, don't do anything like that again. Don't Correct. say anything like that again. If anything comes out again like that, you're done. That, that'd be number one. Number two, I would want to gauge the fan reaction and the locker room reaction. Because they're going to bring him on TV eventually, Right. So what's going to happen when they bring him on live television? Is the crowd going to shit on him? Is it going to be a negative reaction? Is the negative reaction going to trump the positive reaction? And if that's the case, they might want to consider sending him home. But uh, otherwise, I think he deserves it, and that's my opinion. What do you think? So I often mention a lot of times I don't fish for storyline scoops and stuff like that. I mean, we've got the the back and forth about the Brian contract deal. I take the temperature of the locker room very often. And it is 50-50. However, in any quotes given to TMZ, I disregard those immediately because Ryan Satin, who used to work for TMZ, I don't know if you saw a thread he had going over the last several months of TMZ trying to get Hogan back in the WWE. Like, just story after story. Hogan deserves another chance, says this person, says this person, says this person. It was very comical the way that it was. What's in it for TMZ? Is it because he leaks them information? Probably. I mean, whenever he needs a camera crew, you better believe they're there. Yeah. So the situation that I've heard was everybody knew it was coming. They just didn't know when. Yeah. Nobody stormed out. There were some people that talked to him individually. Hogan left in the middle of the pay-per-view because, you know, he didn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people left in the middle of the pay-per-view. They're not booked for it. Mm-hmm. They, a ton of people weren't there, don't need to be there. So, yeah, there, there's that. And I thought Kofi Kingston's statement on behalf of New Day was as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, was very fair. He was very fair about it. The best thing he could have possibly said. Yeah. And it's really no wonder that those guys are so successful in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. As far as Hulk Hogan, you know, I've had people that, that say, oh, it's not that bad. Well, yeah, it was that bad. When oh, he it, was, it to, was bad. When he went to visit his son yeah. in jail. Yeah. He was literally trash-talking a dead guy and then just not wanting to be reincarnated into a black family. Yeah. Like, that. those were his concerns Yeah, at that point. Jesus, man. That's pretty gross. It's 50-50. That's just the way it is. Some people aren't happy about it at all, but nobody's storming out over it. No, nothing that I heard. Uh, I mean, Triple I, H you know what, did I'll... the introduction and said... 
hey, he's back, or he didn't say he's back, but Hogan was telling people glad to be back. They are very much pretending that he isn't back, but Mm -hmm. as multiple wrestlers told me this weekend, they ain't bringing him back without a deal. Mm -hmm. And another one said, it's not a coincidence that they did this a few days after another company announced a Madison Square Garden show, even though he's never had anything to do with that company. That's just the way WWE operates. Same person said that their big deal is right now they want to get everybody under the umbrella who could possibly be a game changer or who can possibly be a needle mover, and he is one of those. Now, I know that you, I think you reported that you you think he had signed a new contract or something, and WWE hasn't said anything. One thing that did happen was on Monday, uh, WWE posted a video on their YouTube channel promoting their Charity Buzz subsite. Which is something called, they do all the time with people that don't have deals. Ex- exactly, exactly. So it's called superstarsforhope.com, and the video was of Hogan promoting it. And like you said, what do you think? They just they brought him to the pay per view, and hey, while you're here, can you like come over here? And no, they clearly there's something. There's something. But yes, um, they're but, vehemently denying it. But right now, I'll be honest with you, they're going to vehemently deny anything that I put out there. Yeah, so. there's something there. And, and as soon as word got out about that video, they took it down. I half expect that if I report that Vince McMahon is still the chairman, he might step down at this point. Uh, okay, That's... can you report that he's still the head of creative? Can yeah. you do that daily? Oh my God, yeah. Because maybe that'll help out if you do that, bud. No press release from WWE on the situation either. Yeah. So uh, this is a very different way that they handled it conflicting reports about whether there were cameras there. There were cameras filming him. There, I mean, there were Ellsworth said so, him. too. Ellsworth said yeah. so. So, And he was there. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm sure they recorded it, and they're going to wait for the opportune moment. They're going to wait until things die down a little bit more, and then they're going to put it into, like, a WWE 24 special. What exactly did Ellsworth say? I haven't been able to listen to his podcast. Uh, I didn't write down the entire thing. I think the only quote I wrote down was what I already said for the I'll most part. I tell you part. what, that's probably an interesting podcast to listen to these days, considering he is backstage. Yeah, single- maybe, maybe. I think I told you I tried an episode and I tapped out. But oh, uh, come on now. Maybe it's. I'm also not a podcast guy, so I might not be the yeah. best guy to be asking about this stuff. So the other thing I want to talk about in terms of news uh, from the weekend. So good old Sean Ross app. <laughs> I think it might have been the same day as the Hogan news. You yeah. hit me up and you said, matter of fact, you know how I remember this, Sean? I was watching the movie A Quiet Place with my wife. Decent movie. And right before, because, you know, I shut my phone off when I watch the movie so I don't get interrupted. Right when I was about to shut it off, that's when I had the text from you saying uh, Dan O'Brien resigned. That's what your text said. And yeah. then what ended up happening was, and you can go into it, but apparently Dave Meltzer uh, said that's not true or something. And I remember you were a little bothered, and you said something to me along the lines of, uh, you know, I can't remember what you said, but my response well, to Well, that, that was, type of stuff affects me because, you know, my accuracy is important. Yes. And I responded, and you, I responded to Sean, and I said, Sean, don't worry about it because everybody respects Meltzer, and he's wrong all the time. So, Well, the thing is, you know, no matter how many stories I report, and by the way, my, my source is sticking to it, so, and I trust him because... Same guy that gave me the Lesnar news. And Didn't you say three month extension? First two years, but then three months, right? Yeah, first two months, and he or first two years, then he uh, corrected it. Three month extension, possibly a little more. Uh, they're they're kind of playing it by ear with the possibility of two years mm-hmm. on uh, on the table. So does that three month extension end before or after September first? After it's, it's so extended it, through so December. It, so okay, so. It was, 
Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they're telling me still. And, I mean, it's not exactly a secret. Drew put himself out there and kind of reported the news. And he's given me lots of good information in the past. And I definitely trust him on this. Mm. And, you know, you can... But, yeah, the thing is, if you have one story that's disputed, despite... You can go on FightfulWrestling.com, click that exclusive button, and see hundreds of stories over the last two years that are right and zero that are wrong. Mm. Not a one. I'm talking like we've had probably like, what, 80% of the debuts since the Superstar Shake-Up? People mm. will remember that one thing. Oh, They'll yeah, remember oh, that sure. one thing. Sure. I had a, I had, you know, you get some really, I mean, you've seen some of the stuff that comes, what people will say on Twitter. I mean, Melissa's even seen some of oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Melissa just lets her voice be heard once every couple of weeks. She gets some weird shit. So. This is how the whole Sean, you're too sensitive thing came up like two years ago. You know, when I was saying, Sean, stop responding to this bullshit. Oh, well. <laughs> That's how it came up. Yeah, you're a little different. Now, keep now, in mind, keep in mind, Jimmy. When the day comes that you are on a broadcast and somebody randomly sends you a dick pic that says, fuck Russo, and you haven't been on a show with Russo in half a year, then you can tell me about being too sensitive. I mean, I still wouldn't respond to it. You know, I can't remember There's if no I benefit. did or not. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Nice girth? Like, what the fuck are you going to say to that, man? Could have said, no maybe with that thing, he will. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing about Daniel Bryan I want to bring up. How rare is it this day and age, Sean, for WWE to have a storyline with a multi-year build? How rare is that? And we're seeing it now with Daniel Bryan and The Miz. I love The Miz's thing on SmackDown this week when it was like the funeral for Team Hell No. Uh, This match is going to happen at SummerSlam. My question for you is, and this kind of goes back to what Daniel Bryan said in that interview with, uh, I forget the name of the podcast, Gorilla Position, I think it was. Yeah. It goes back to that. Do you think WWE is going to screw that up? Because well, yeah, it's ready-made. It it's ready-made. You think so? You know what else is ready-made? Bailey Sasha. Ready-made. Fair. Ready-made, man. Fair, You fair. know what's ready-made? Seth Rollins is babyface. Roman Reigns is a heel. Dean Ambrose right in between them. All with reasons to dislike each other. All of them over. All of them reasons to hate each other. All of them can work. Uh, a WrestleMania caliber main event mm-hmm. with three full-timers. They can't do it. They can never... Ever, just I'm talking like just lobbing up softballs and they can't even hit a single. They're whiffing all the time on this stuff. The Sasha Bailey one's pretty bad, but I but I, I I'm optimistic about Daniel Bryan and the Miz. I'm hoping that we start to see video packages where they talk about Daniel Bryan's career before WWE and then how the Miz was his pro in NXT. And then the talking smack stuff when they had all of the back and forth. They need to throw all of that into packages. And that could be the top match on at SummerSlam in terms of fan anticipation, if they yeah. do it right. You know, they're, they they've got so many. Just like mm-hmm. I'm, their roster is so robust. Right. Actually, you know what? I, I want to ask Melissa a question. I want to ask oh. Melissa a question. <laughs> let's that? say let's say that you were a female wrestler in WWE. You're right? saying I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's say you were on the main roster today. Okay. All right. And let's say Nigel is a male wrestler in WWE, all right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that you both are in a storyline where you have a, t- a partner. Mm-hmm. And then 
the creative decides, okay, we're going to split both of you guys up. So we're going to split up Nigel and his partner. We're going to split up Melissa and her partner. Mm-hmm. Nigel, you guys are going to have it out in the ring because this is pro wrestling and that's what you do. <laughs> Melissa, you and your partner are going to go to counseling on television. Because we can't have you apart. We can't have, yeah. We can't have no you guys. There's no tag team division for you anyway. Right. But we can't have this. We can't, we have, can't it. have dissension no, on no. our show of violence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can't have it. So while Nigel, you know, dukes it out in the ring like you're supposed to because it's pro wrestling, you're going to be sitting on a couch talking to a counselor. How would you feel about that? How would you feel about that if that's what you were told that was going to be the creative direction for you? A little worried for the future. A little worried for the future. <laughs> That's kind of where they went, and it's only because they're women. There's no other reason. They can say whatever they want. There's no other reason. Pat Fannin just sent me a tweet about Slammiversary being sold out. I mentioned that earlier, and he said, regarding Melissa going, well, here's the deal. Melissa's media. Oh, we could go regardless. (laughs) Regardless. Melissa's media. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. I could just show up and say, hey, Scott DeMore around? Like, they'd let us in. There you go. There you go. I don't know him that well, but well enough that they'd let us in. So it's not a problem. Uh, Do you want to go to your thing before the next uh, topic? Well, I mean, we started like six minutes early, so I was going to... You you mean six minutes late? Six minutes late, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, why not? Another event coming up is StarCast. I talked to Conrad Thompson about that full interview at YouTube.com slash Fightful. But in this clip, I talked to him about the adjustments that he had to make to be on the WWE Network as opposed to his normal podcast. Some changes obviously had to be made. How, do, how does the conversation go when they're like, okay, I know you start off your podcast one way, but we want you to start it off this way, notably uh, you know, how you do begin the podcast with Bruce doing the intro as opposed to you? Well, I think what we were looking for there is a way to sort of set the tone. And so the original idea was let's have Bruce start with one of the heads on a stick. That wasn't a WWE directive. It was a way to sort of loosen the audience up because I think it did introduce us to a whole new group of wrestling fans who maybe hadn't discovered our podcast. I can't believe that there may have been wrestling fans who hadn't, but maybe they hadn't. And I thought what better way to do that than to have Bruce open up with one of his silly impressions. So that was sort of uh, the original idea and then just go ahead and use it as a way to introduce who everyone is. And of course the name of the show is something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. So on the network, something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. And then you can introduce me later. You know, I'm not the star of the show. It's clearly Bruce and his stories. And if we can highlight one of the more fun parts of that with with his caricatures, because that's what he prefers to call it instead of an impression, then I think it's a winning combination. And clearly WWE likes it. I mean, we aired our last episode this past Wednesday, and they were still running commercials for us on the pay-per-view. So they liked something for sure. So they, they still advertised the show last night, even though you had mentioned that the season was ending. Uh, how are discussions going, or have you had discussions about a second season? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they would love to do another season. The, the show did really, really well. You know, when you look at stuff that's aired this year, we had several episodes that were in their top ten most watched for the year so far. And many times, you know, we were consistently in their top ten sometimes with two and on one occasion even three episodes in the top ten for the most watched for the week. But what's interesting about our podcast is unlike a lot of content WWE's creating now, it's, and I hate the term, but it's evergreen, so it doesn't get old. In a weird way, if we are talking about, you know, the pay-per-view last night, Extreme Rules, that's only cool for like a week, tops, and then nobody cares. 
But if we go back and we talk about something from 1988, oddly, that never gets old. So it's an interesting dynamic, but it is something that uh, WWE thinks will have more legs and will have, as they like to call, a longer tail. Uh, so I think people will continue to discover the show. I still get tweets every day about episode one and episode two, and those were months ago. Yeah. So I can't imagine that that would slow down over the course of the next year. Yeah. And we're back. We are back. Now i got to say, Jimmy, I don't know if I'll even make this a weekly thing, but I'm going to do the SRS winner of the week this week. Really? I have been very outspoken about this, man, but Kawhi Leonard, you are a winner. You go from one of the all-time worst cities in the world San Antonio to Toronto, he's a winner. Now, I don't know if he'll actually play there yes. because he's a total diva. Yes. So I'm not a basketball guy, and, and I was talking to my friends at lunch that are because I'm just not. And I know enough about this guy to know he doesn't want to play here, and he's only got a year left on his contract. So I, I was thinking, is it actually a good trade? Because, yeah, maybe he's a better player. He's got a year left on his contract, but I guess Toronto's thinking rebuild anyway. So Yeah, if he does play, then he is... A very top-notch guy, and yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. for me to believe that he'll spend any amount of time there and not like the city, yeah. unless he just hates cold weather that much. But uh, you know what? I'll name Danny Green my winner of the week because he's going from San Antonio to Toronto too. There you go. So let's talk about. Okay, you, you've been shitting on San Antonio. It's let's, trash, man. Let, <laughs> every it time sucks. Let's talk about Pittsburgh for a minute. Also and sucks. And I want to talk about the crowded extreme rules, and I want to tell Melissa and Nigel what happened because neither one of them probably saw this. Uh, and I felt really bad for Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. So you guys know what the Royal Rumble is. Yes, yes. Right? I watched it this year. Okay. <laughs> so the Royal Rumble, every supposed to be every two minutes. What is it now, Sean? Every 90 seconds. They do a countdown, and then another guy comes out, right? The live fans do a countdown from the count of 10, and then when it gets down to zero, you hear a buzzer. That's the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. At Extreme Rules, they had a 30-minute Iron Man match. And so they had a clock on the screen for the live crowd, counting down the 30 minutes. Whenever the clock got to the end of a minute, because the live crowd clearly shit on the match, which we'll get into in a minute, Sean, the live crowd would count down the 10 count to the, to the minute, and then they would pretend to do the buzzer. They would go, eh. And they did it every minute. Not from the very beginning, Sean, but they started five to 10 minutes in. They started, right? And uh, I felt bad for Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. Clearly, they were really bothered by it. I saw the spot where uh, I think Ziggler had Seth in a headlock, and they were talking about it uh, because it really bothered them. But I do want to say this, Sean. I saw your post-Extreme Rules podcast, uh, and you guys were really kind of shitting on the crowd, and Alex was really mad about it and whatnot. I, in this situation, have to take the side of Jeff Hawkins, who said he didn't blame the crowd. And I don't blame the crowd for this. The reason I don't blame the crowd for this is because you and I talked about how prior to Extreme Rules, WWE booked back-to-back 20-minute matches with Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins on Raw. So it was very clear that what they presented at Extreme Rules was not of interest to the crowd. And with all due respect to Dolph Ziggler, just because they're now trying to uh, rehabilitate his character, the crowd wasn't ready for him in a main event. They weren't. And, and so the thing th- is, they, they changed that main event that day yes. from Lashley range, which was, I think, match of the night. To now, they would have shit on it, too, until the finish. Yeah. Right? But the finish would have at least got a reaction. It would have got a reaction. It didn't help that this Rollins-Ziggler match probably wasn't their best. It was probably maybe their third best that I've seen. Yes. And then as if that wasn't bad enough, the finish was deplorable. But we don't, we don't really need to go into that. 
But uh, uh, that, that being said, I would appreciate if crowds weren't total twats for the sake of being twats, too. I mean, they, they were just being puds. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- that was essentially their way of rejecting the match. Just like with Roman and Jinder, remember that match? And they yeah. were doing chants for, like, LOD and all of this stuff that didn't have any significance because that was how they were rejecting the match. In this case, they were rejecting the match and wanting to entertain themselves, and they saw the clock. And I'm sure it started with a few people because that's how it happens. And then those few people were vocal, and then other people kind of caught on to it. And next thing you know, the whole crowd is doing the countdowns. They did it because they weren't into the match, uh, and this was their way of entertaining themselves. I think it goes back to WWE creative on that. And I Conventional think that- Iron Man matches are stupid anyway. It, what, why do you need to watch for the last few minutes? You're right, because you mean because you can project it. Is that what you mean? I mean, watch the last few minutes and see what happens. Yeah. Why are you watching the first 25 minutes yes. of this? Yeah. I mean, unless they switch it up and they do like a triple threat Iron Man match or something like that, that's a little bit different than what people have seen before. Yeah. And I don't think they can do this for a very long time now. I don't think they can go back to an Iron Man match for a long time. No, you're right. And, and the crowd now, maybe it's because of social media and stuff like that, but like the attention to deep, the attention span is not the same anymore. Keeping people yeah. interested for an hour is just not going to happen anymore. But again, uh, like I said, I think because they had already booked two 20-minute matches with these guys uh, on television, because Ziggler is still, I think the perception with Dolph Ziggler is not there yet with the fans. They still look at him as a middle-of-the-road guy at best. So I think that those things kind of, they were screwed before they started. Yeah, they, they didn't the stand a chance. They, they didn't stand a chance. So I, I felt for Ziggler and I felt for uh, for Rollins, but uh, I wouldn't point the finger at the crowd. I'd point the finger at WWE Creative. And that's the way I look at it. And continuing with that theme, I want to talk about the Universal Title situation, Sean. Yeah. So you know what? On Sunday night, I got to see Extreme Rules, and I saw Bobby Lashley pin Roman Reigns clean, Sean. And I thought to myself, this is optimistic. This is making me feel optimistic. They're going to go maybe in a different direction. Lashley maybe is going to go in the title picture. It'll be different. It'll be fresh. Maybe Lashley Brock. That could be an interesting match. On Raw on Monday, Sean, the minute that Kurt Angle said, we're going to do two triple threat matches, and Roman Reigns is in this one, and Bobby Lashley is in this one. The moment- As reported by Fightful.com. There you go. Matches. The moment that they made that announcement, Sean, I lowered my head and I sighed. Because it didn't take a, a soothsayer to see what was going to happen. Clearly, Roman was going to win. Clearly, Lashley was going to win. Clearly, Roman's going to get his win back against Lashley next week. And so the reason Lashley won on Sunday is because Roman's win is going to be more important. It's going to be for the title shot at SummerSlam. Now, the only thing I'm going to say about that is this. WWE might be thinking, and tell me if, if you think I'm right or wrong. They might be thinking, it's okay. Maybe people don't want Roman and Brock, but there's going to be a swerve. Braun's going to cash in money in the bank, and the people will go home happy. That could be what they're thinking, right? But the fact of the matter is, they have to do something in advance of the match, because if they don't, this is going to be yet another crowd shitting all over the match. If they go in one-on-one, Roman and Brock, regardless of the outcome that they have planned... The television viewer at home is going to be in for a, a crowd rejecting the match. They have to do something in advance, whether it be Braun just next week saying, you know what, I'm cashing this in, and I, it's going to be a triple threat. When I think of the way WWE thinks, instead, I in my mind, I'm like, all right, Reigns and Lashley go to a draw. They both get the title shot. Reigns wins it by pinning Lashley. Not Lesnar, not the guy who's never around. You can't pin him anyway. Right. And then afterwards, Lashley says, yeah, I know you beat me, Roman. But I beat you before, so that's like <laughs> four more times. 
Series. <laughs> and then yeah. they do that shit all the way through Survivor Series. That's that's what I think when they make it they make it way more difficult than it needs to be. It's I mean, ain't hard. It's no. not that hard. Give people shit that they want to see instead of trying to swerve them into making them think they want to see something. Well, just give people stuff they want to see. Mark my words, and you know this, if they go one-on-one into that match, the viewer at home is going to be in for a shit show because nobody yeah. wants to see it. Nobody. I wish Vince Man would kind of just kind of let go of Roman Reigns for a while. The crowd doesn't want to see it. They don't want to see Roman and Brock one-on-one. Brooklyn is a venomous crowd anyway, right? So they're going to be doing chants that mean... They're going to be chanting for, like, Iron Mike Sharp. You know what I mean? They're going to yeah. be chanting for stuff that doesn't mean shit because they're not going to care about it. So they, they I, I really think if they add Lashley, like you're suggesting, at least it'll be different, even though the outcome maybe will be predictable. At least it'll be a different matchup. But one-on-one, they can't. It, it's, it's not going to be pretty if they do that. It's not going to be. I agree. You know? uh, okay, let's talk about this real quick. So uh, I can't remember when this was, maybe within the last month or two. Ring of Honor uh, came out, Joe Coff, and said, yeah, we had to deal with Madison Square Garden. Uh, and then WWE got involved, and now we're not hearing anything. And so we figured, oh, this man put the big kibosh on that one, even though WWE doesn't run Madison Square Garden as often. Uh, and they didn't let it happen. Once again, I got a text message from Sean Ross Sapp, uh, whatever day that was, letting me know that Ring of Honor has signed a deal with Madison Square Garden. And the announcement, uh, it was last week, and uh, they announced that they're teaming up with New Japan. They're going to present a G1 Supercard at MSG WrestleMania weekend, April 6, 2019. That's going to be the Saturday night, which is uh, head-to-head with NXT TakeOver at Barclays. Surprised about that. But yeah, yeah, surprised, especially considering this will be the last free Friday night before SmackDown moves there. Yes, I would have ran it Saturday or Friday night for sure. Friday night. I can't believe they didn't learn. And if they do not pace this show better than Supercard of Honor, Mm. they will not succeed in that venture moving forward against NXT. It was the most terribly paced show ever. Now, I will say this. I still don't know if WWE really did interfere. Because mm-hmm. I know that on, I think it was the Dutch Mantel podcast, Carrie Silken was on there and said, oh, yeah, we're going to MSG. And there was a big fuss created about that. And there, there had to be some changes made to that show because it wasn't when they wanted to edit it or when, when they wanted that news to run. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that when certain big companies come after other companies and that information gets out a little bit it perks some ears a little bit uh-huh i uh what i would like to know is i would like to know did things get done now because sinclair got involved did things get done because even maybe mark cuban got involved that's what i would like to know i'd like to find that out well it being a new japan ring of honor show i think is a very good move Sure. Oh, I mean, there's going to be so many people in, in the New York, New Jersey area for Mania. They're going to sell out. And the thing That's is, if, if New Japan's involved, it might simulcast Honor Club and uh, Access. But see, here's the thing also. You've got Sinclair and Mark Cuban yeah. doing this. Well, first off, I don't think that Mark Cuban's politics necessarily line up with, with Sinclair. So That's curious. But when... Mark Cuban wanted Wrestle Kingdom like the next day. Mm-hmm. He got it. Oh yeah. He said, "I don't care. I'll pay whatever I need to do." 
and that you know those types of moves those types of risky moves have paid off for him for sure and they they did great numbers and i thought their last show was paced very very well and if they have more control over the pacing than than ring of honor does then that that's a positive as well I think when you look at the ticket prices they're going to have to charge to make it profitable at a venue like MSG, there's only a few times that they could get that done if you're not WWE. I don't think Ring of Honor could run, let's say, in a random you know, November and think that they're going to sell out. But because it's going to be WrestleMania weekend, they for sure are going to sell it. There's going to be so many wrestling fans in town. Well, they might. They're going up against NXT that night. And it's I think there's probably enough MSG. fans for both, no? Don't you think? It could be. There yeah. sure could be. What does MetLife yeah. hold? Oh gosh! I, well, I, I are they running MetLife for NXT? No, no, no. MetLife is Mania. Okay, yeah. So what is so, that I mean, hold? Yeah, there will definitely be enough people. It's just yeah. a matter of do they want to spend willing. the money on an independent wrestling show? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a, considering how much those tickets are going to be. Yeah, they're going to be. Pricey. They're going to be expensive. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to be able to get it done, especially because it's going to be like the first one. Yeah, you know. All right, let's go to stupid people. This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. We are alive. Oh, yeah. Okay, so thanks to TrevorStrong.org. I thought the sound just went out, and I was like, Melissa, don't, please don't scare me. The production dream team over there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, every now and then, I like to explain why the hell we do a Stupid People News segment on a wrestling podcast. So this used to be called WWE's excessive usage of stupid nicknames, talking about how many times they say the big dog and the architect and the goddess and all that other bullshit. And we stopped doing it because it became redundant because we realized that WWE's never going to change. And if anything, it got worse. And so we shifted the segment over to a Stupid People News segment, completely unrelated to wrestling, but we like it and we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. That's, that's basically what happened. So this first one, Sean, I know you both have heard this one. Nigel and Melissa have heard this one because it was a Canadian news story. This, Sean, all I got to say is some people are trash. All right? Some people are trash, Sean. This was reported by the Canadian Press on July 13th. I can't wait to get your reaction to this, Sean. Reported by the Canadian Press on July 13th. So there was a woman in Nova Scotia, Canada by the name of Barb Reddick. And uh, her nephew's name is Tyrone McInnes. They were winners of a lottery last Wednesday in Nova Scotia with a prize of $1.22 million. All or right. $32 American. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more in that situation. <sighs> so the organizers brought them in for a nice little photo op, you know, where they have the oversized check, and they did a nice little photo. Melissa, put the photo up. Mm-hmm. There you go. They, uh, both of their names were on the ticket. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I think uh, Tyrone's number was on the ticket as well. Now, uh, you can probably tell by the looks on their faces, Sean. Tyrone was uh, <laughs> elated and Barb Reddick not so much. Once, Why is- once the photo op was done and uh, the organizers handed out two separate checks for about $611,000 each, out of nowhere, Miss Reddick says, I'm getting my lawyer tomorrow. And it turns out that Aunt Barb doesn't want to split the money with her nephew. She claims that she only put his name on the ticket for good luck. And here's even more bullshit, Sean. Yeah. Here's even more bullshit. She claimed that she only agreed to split the money if they won the consolation prize, not the jackpot. I'm sorry, Aunt Barb. You're catching a smack for that one. Yeah. Bullshit. Here's another another quote. Here's another quote from Aunt Barb. 
You'll like this one. This is a quote from Aunt Barb. He's like a son to me. I mean, he was. <laughs> yep. Yep. And this is so. The uh, angle. Only good. Yeah, and there was a follow up to the story like a week later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And she's sticking by her guns that she's going to sue him for the other half of the ticket. Yeah. Can uh, you believe that piece of shit? I mean, number one, with all due respect to, like, you know, people in different areas, Nova Scotia (laughs) is not a very pricey place, Sean. This Aunt Barb, if you look at that photo, again, no disrespect, but if you look at that photo, (laughs) she's well into her 60s, probably. Right? Look at that. She's Time for Aunt Barb to accidentally appear or disappear on accident. So yeah, well, she let's just say that six hundred eleven thousand, which would be her half of the ticket in Nova Scotia, given her age, she's mm-hmm. good. She's good. Yeah. Right. Let this kid take his half of the ticket. Let him go to school and let him get a place and be debt free. You know what I mean? What are you doing? What are you doing? She's never going to see this probably, but if you do, you're a piece of trash. All right, <laughs> piece of trash. And when I saw this story, it was like, man, I can't believe some people, man. Can you I believe I kind of want to fight her. I want to fight her a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Because she's a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. So that's the first one. This second one, this is a good one too, Sean. <laughs> I got good ones. And I don't know what it is this week because this is another Canadian story this week. Oh. So this was reported by CBC News on July 12th. This is good, man. There's a woman in Cornwall, Ontario, Canada. All right? She went to an Enterprise Rent-A-Center. And she rented a black Nissan Sentra. Okay? The first day after she rented the car, the first thing she did was she went to a Walmart to go shopping. All mm-hmm. right? After she's done that, goes about her business. Has the rental car for two weeks. At the end of that two weeks, brings it back to the Enterprise. Goes in and she talks to the rep and she said, I got to tell you, I'm very disappointed in the cleanliness of the car that you gave me two weeks ago. She said the ashtray was dirty. There are papers all over the back seat. There's golf clubs in the back of the car. Really disappointed in the the, the cleanliness factor. The Enterprise rep looks at the situation. He goes, well, this is interesting. Two weeks ago, I rented you a Nissan Sentra, and you just brought me back a Nissan Infiniti. It turned out what happened was that first day when she went to the Walmart, the area where she parked that car, an older gentleman parked a Nissan Infiniti and forgot the fob in the car. That means that when she got back out of Walmart and got the two cars confused because the fob was in it, she was able to open it, get in, start it, and take off. <laughs> so for two weeks, she drove a stolen car all over Cornwall, Ontario, Canada. Look at his reaction, Nigel. This yeah, is gold. Did she, did she face any charges? No. So uh, she didn't know that it was it was reported stolen. And the thing that I didn't understand about this story, Cornwall's not that big. How would the police not have tracked the car down? You know? But uh, wow. no. Yeah. Now, well, for one, her mileage on that rental is going to be great. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna be and there's another question. Did the Sentra sit in the Walmart park, parking lot for two weeks? For two weeks? It must have. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. 
I am impressed with how stupid that is. Yes, yes, yes. Thought it was awesome. Thought you would like it. She didn't, wow. face, she didn't face any charges. The, uh, the older gentleman was happy to get his car back. So she didn't face any charges. Can you believe that, man? One step ahead of the game. Just steal a car instead of renting one, I right. guess. Right. Damn. Yeah, I knew you'd like that one. This, uh, this last one. God damn, we're three for three on Canadians. Oh. This is for the SRS file. And this was reported by the Intelligencer out of Belleville, Ontario, Canada, on July 13th. Now, I got to I got to admit, this is not the greatest SRS file story that I've ever had. But uh, some weeks, it's tough to find stuff about penises, shit, uh, <laughs> you know, or anything else that's related to the SRS file. You need my Twitter timeline then. <laughs> oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. So there's a 24-year-old man uh, out of Belleville and he noticed that his neighbor's cat was defecating in his flower bed on a regular basis. So he, uh, went over and confronted his neighbor about it. They got into an argument and almost led to fisticuffs. The 24 year old though decided that he had a better, uh, better solution to the problem. He went back into his own yard, waited for his dog to take a shit, grabbed a shovel, picked up the shit, went over to his neighbor's yard and threw it at his neighbor. Did he did he hit his neighbor? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. He's so, got to get on that. What is that? High lie that they yes, play? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, they played in he Florida. Needs to play some so, high yeah. because I'm telling you, it cannot be easy. Fresh shit? Uh, they didn't say if it was fresh. I mean, if he waited for his dog to do it, I'm assuming. Now, Maybe. people might not realize, automatic litter boxes don't work because as soon as they scrape the shit... Shit's still fresh. It's still wet. It's just more of a mess. I beg to disagree uh, with you. Yeah. I beg well, to disagree not with yours. you. Not Litter yours robot three. <laughs> yours doesn't have a comb that goes through it. Yours is no. from space, and it turns up to the ground. Your cat's taking dumps in zero gravity. You know what we're gonna do? When you visit my house in late August, Sean, we're taking like photos and videos of you with that robot litter box. We're taking photos and videos of that. Yeah. So if this homeboy picked up fresh dog shit, that's even more impressive. That could on be a fresh. shovel. Now I'm interested in what kind of shovel. Is it a regular <laughs> shovel? Is it a snow shovel? But if he's able to do that and swing that with that type of accuracy. That's highlight. I'm gonna think it wasn't a snow shovel because a snow shovel's like this. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you like just it's, never it's harder. It's mean, harder to you know. The thing is, is it premeditated or did he plan it on <laughs> on the fly? Because if he just did this on the fly, then he's just grabbing whatever shovel's handy. He's not yes. like, oh, I don't need this snow shovel. Let me get the regular shovel. Right. All I know is it came on the heels of a confrontation. That's what happened. Yeah, well, so, I hope. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think he stewed about it for a week. You know what I mean? I don't I think he stewed about it. I would I hope think, somebody didn't do this just without instigation. Jesus. Okay, if you go on YouTube, Sean, there are there are surveillance videos that people posted about their like bad neighbor. Yeah, and there's some crazy shit that's, people that's do out point. there, man. That's you know? a good point. But in this case, police were called, and he was charged with mischief and breach of reconnaissance. Did you see the Hogan meme that was going around? No. It showed him on the phone, and he said, 911, yo, brother. I don't know what this means, but Naomi's hanging out backstage. They they let Hogan have it on the memes. 
It's like the women complaining about like the guy barbecuing, you know that one? Yeah. And the and the little girl point. selling water on the street. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Joe. I feel like we talked about this before, but with Joe Rogan uh, on his podcast, he put up a photo of the woman that complained about the guy barbecuing, and he put yeah. up a photo of the woman complaining about the little girl selling mm-hmm. water, and they both fit the exact same demographic profile. Yeah, they sure do. They were like overweight middle-aged white women, both of them. Yeah. And and Rogan <laughs> was saying, Rogan was saying. Ladies. Rogan was saying, "Look, I don't know these two women personally, and so I'm not I'm not going to question. But maybe there's a reason why these two women fitting this profile are so miserable that they have to bitch for no reason." Yep. And it, it fit the pro. It fit, man. You know. It does. So, okay, I want to talk about the Sinclair situation with uh, the FCC. Mm-hmm. This is very interesting. You again, again, I got a message from Sean Ross Sapp. <laughs> Letting me know that the FCC was getting in the way of Sinclair, so I looked it up. So uh, Politico.com reports that the FCC has announced that they're going to put uh, Sinclair's pending acquisition of Tribune Media through a long administrative review, uh, and oftentimes that kills deals. And there was a situation, I think it was back in 2015, where Comcast was looking to acquire Time Warner, and the same exact thing happened, where the FCC made them go through this review, and uh, the deal ended up falling apart. Now, apparently, the reason why this happens is because the government feels that these types of deals reduce the level of competition, uh, and that's why they make them do it. In the case of Sinclair, they already own uh, uh, 42 stations. They're the lar- largest station owner in the U.S. Uh, the markets they're looking to add through the Tribune acquisition are in key markets like New York and Chicago. So if you think that they've they got a pretty significant footprint now, imagine the footprint they would have they're able to grab New York and Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, and apparently, uh, if they do this deal, they will have stations available in almost three-quarters of all U.S. households. And you saw that YouTube video, right, where they made all the local news anchors read that thing? Yeah, that was that's fucked up. Right? So imagine if they can do that in three-quarters of the U.S., Sean. Like, that's really almost, that's almost yeah. communism at that point, you know? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, I'm a little torn because, I mean, isn't, there are stations with wider coverage, but this is local news stations, right? And they would have control over you know what it is? that goes on there. This is this is just like WWE with what they call global localization. Yeah, this is the same thing. So it'd be going to all these markets, and then they become just one big market essentially for for Sinclair. And then to make this kind of worse, Sinclair had offered to sell off twenty one stations. In order to get the deal approved, thinking, look, we're going to sell 21 stations, so our footprint's not that big. But then what they did, because they're greasy fuck, Sean. <laughs> so what they did is they were setting up, they were setting up deals by which they would, rain, they would uh, maintain a stake in the stations yeah. that they were going to sell. Because they were, uh, you know, I think WGN Chicago was an example. They were going to sell WGN Chicago to a business associate of a Sinclair executive. So there's a lot of backdoor shit going on. Uh, and so that's another issue that that, uh, that the FCC has. Now, just today, July 18, Variety reported that Sinclair has revised its plan because they want to salvage this acquisition. And so what they're suggesting now is that if the sale closes, they will sell off stations that are currently owned by Tribune in Dallas and Houston, but they'll do it through an independent trustee. Yeah. Meaning, meaning there's no concern about, okay, we're going to sell them to ourselves. You know, They're saying we'll, we'll do it through an independent trustee. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, this is you know news for Ring of Honor because it will improve their market share. Yeah, well, I mean, through, it, but there are a lot of markets that they're not in yet. Mm-hmm. 
And now, to be fair, you can watch the show. There's no way that you can't watch the show. It's on apps and on demand, and they have it on. They post their episodes online mm-hmm. all the time. So, I mean, there are ways to watch Ring of Honor, but it's that convenience. Oh, absolutely, for sure. It's yeah. like if somebody came along and they, I mean, anybody with an internet connection can watch our show. Yes. If somebody came along and they said, "Oh, we're going to broadcast it as well," I mean, that's. On, on TV, that's that's uh, such a big additional footprint to have. You know what? I actually, I, I don't even know if I should tell the story, but I'll tell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jason Agnew, who's a guy that was part of Live Audio Wrestling with John Pollock and uh, what's the other kid's name? Whiting? Yeah. And uh, uh, Impact, I'm, I'm, my, my mind is, I'm losing my mind today. The owners of <laughs> Impact fired those kids, Right. And then they turned the law into an impact type of show on uh, on Twitch. So yeah. Jason Agnew, and I, I just found this out recently, he started a, a radio wrestling show on Sunday nights on TSN Radio. What I didn't know until today was that he's doing it for free. Wow. TSN gave him the airtime because they need content on Sunday nights. So they gave yeah. him the airtime, but he's doing it for no money because he's using it as a means to just get a following. Yeah. Uh, and so that kind of goes in line with what you're saying. It's, it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, anybody can have an internet connection and watch it, but you can get more viewers in broadcast situations like that. And I think Jason Agnew realized I could probably springboard this into something. So, yeah, I'm and, doing, I'm and doing and this. For, and for ROH, it, asses in the seats are very important. Right. Right. And, yep. yeah. Yep. Let me ask this question, Sean. Chris Jericho has said from the very beginning, after he left WWE, uh, yeah, I'm doing this New Japan stuff, but uh, not in the U.S. Like in the U.S., <laughs> in, he right? He said he said in the U.S. You know, I have that WWE yeah. respect. I'll do Japan. No, I'm not going to do those Long Beach shows because uh, you know WWE exclusively in the U.S. So I want to know if this counts. So Jericho announced that when they do the cruise in October. He is going to be wrestling on that show. It's going to be what they're calling a one-time-only six-man tag match. Chris Jericho and the Young Bucks against uh, Cody, Kenny Omega, and Marty Skrull. The Alpha Club versus the Bullet Club. The Alpha Club Club versus the Bullet Club, right. And my question for you is, so technically, Sean, I don't know what day they're doing the match. Technically, the crew starts in Miami, they're going to the Bahamas, and then presumably they're going to end up back in Miami, I would assume. So... Technically, international waters. This is what I'm going to ask you. So, do you think that Jericho? Do you think Jericho is going to be like, like in the in a dressing room in his ring gear, and he's going to be asking the captain, "Can you let me know, like, once we've left the U.S. <laughs> the U.S. border?" And then, as soon as the captain says, "Okay, yeah, we've left the U.S. border," okay, hit my music. Like, do you think? Does this technically go against what he had said, or what? Do you, what do you think? Semantics. I think. I think it's fair game. Also. I'm surprised that he just doesn't give a damn, considering that the reason they're, the Ring of Honor people are on this cruise is because WWE didn't let him put NXT people on it yeah, when he asked nine, ten months ago. Yeah, I think it's a clever way for him to keep his word, but still wrestle on the show. It's very interesting. Now, uh, I'm not as up to speed on Ring of Honor as you are. I follow it. I follow it somewhat, but I thought that the Bucks and Kenny are on the same side. They covered it in being the elite. The, I they mean, did. they wrestle. They wrestle like all the time, though. You mean, Over the past bu- six, seven months, they like Bullet Club has done a lot of wrestling. And I mean, now you have the Tongans that are the firing squad. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the funny thing is, it, it was very playful, the feud. Yeah, yeah. 
Marty Skrull and Kenny Omega went to Cody and they were like, ah, the Young Bucks have joined the Alpha Club. They've got pins. And Cody hid the Alpha Club pin that he had on his oh, jacket. Yeah. <laughs> the he's like, yeah, those dicks. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good watch. Mm. And they, they, they are able to set up stuff like this in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. They do. And it, it becomes something that we talk about on this show. Yeah, and you know what? We're in a world now, man. I mean, they've proved it with all in, but we're in a world now where YouTube and, and online streaming has so much influence that yeah. you don't even need to have a TV show anymore. You could just have yourself a YouTube show that, that develops a following, and next thing you know, you're selling out an arena in Chicago. That's that's how it is YouTube now. is a very important part of me having the job I have right now. I don't know if I would have had people that knew about me or gave a shit about me enough before YouTube that I would have even been here. So, I mean, I can tell you personally, it, it helps me, but with being the elite, you, you they're making stars on that yes. show. Yes. Repeatedly. When I saw Juice Robinson on there this week, I yeah. was like, oh, man, this is going to highlight him. It's going to be really good on there as well. Yep, it's true. I, uh, am I going to tell you my little story now? Yeah, I'm going to tell you my story now. <laughs> so uh, I know that these two guys know this, and I know you know this, Sean. There's a certain sect of celebrity. Uh, I don't know if you want to call them B celebrities. Maybe they're D celebrities. Maybe they're F celebrities. I don't know. But they only have, they get fame based on one project or one piece of work, right? So maybe they had one TV show that was big in the 80s. Maybe, maybe they dropped one album, whatever. Yeah. They get fame based on that. They're never able to duplicate that success again. Uh, or maybe they're never able to get more work. And so they find themselves just squeezing whatever last drop of fame and money that they can possibly muster out of that one piece of work. And what often happens, Sean, in those situations, <laughs> what often happens is that celebrity, one, one of three things happens. Number one, they turn to reality television because reality shows will hire anybody. That's number one. Number two, they turn to porn because they think, hey, I'm going to be the next Kim Kardashian. She got famous because she slept with a dude on camera, so I'm going to do the same. That's number two. Or number three, they turn to pro wrestling because there's always a promoter out there somewhere, Sean, that's going to give these guys a shot, even if they're not A-level and WWE might not touch them. Some promoter out there is going to, going to do it. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it came up recently with a, a girl by the name of Farah Abraham. And I am not a reality guy. Oh, Melissa just snuck her head out. So she's, I know that name. She, she's interested. Oh, she, she's, she's at interested. the Triple Crown. What? She's at the Triple Crown. Reality, okay. porn, and wrestling. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, there you go. So I knew she was on a reality show, and I knew she did a porn so she came out now. Uh, there's a promotion in Oklahoma called World Class Revolution Pro Wrestling. Uh, Original. Yeah, yeah. They uh, apparently two promotions names. They yeah can I, yeah almost three yeah they yeah. apparently were going to book her for a show, uh, but then the negative feedback was such that they backpedaled off of that news. And instead, now they're saying, no, 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 we were never going to run a wrestling show. She's booked for a Comic-Con locally, and they kind of backed mm-hmm. off of it. Uh, and then she herself, I saw a video on TMZ where she actually had the gall to say that she'd love to get in the ring with Alexa Bliss or the Bella Twins. <laughs> this idiot who's never been in a ring you know, says, this is, this is kind of my aspiration, which is never going to fucking happen. She referred to Steve Austin as Cold Stone. <laughs> did, you, did, you see the pivot? did you see the pivot that they made? Who? They signed a contract instead with Jose Canseco. Okay, that's a, and that's another one. Yeah, that's another one. That, this is kind of what they do. The reason I'm bringing this up is I want to tell you my story, man. Mm. 
So back when I was promoting independent wrestling, this would have been late '90s, early 2000s, I guess. And I was I was relatively which you all can see videos of on FightfulSelect.com. <laughs> there you Jimmy go. And myself provide commentary on the matches. Yeah, and I was relatively active. I was doing several shows, typically in the summer, fall, spring time. So one day I get an email from a talent manager. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, even though it's a very open-ended question. What male celebrity do you think I got an email from through their manager asking if I would want to book them for a wrestling show? It's a very tough question to answer. It's open-ended, but... Who? Dustin Diamond. Oh! Yeah. They said wow. Dust, Dustin Diamond, they said, is getting into the wrestling business. Cause I, I remember hearing at the time that he was trying to do stuff. And so they said, uh, you know, reaching out to independent promotions, want to see if you'd be interested in booking him. I deleted that email, Sean. <laughs> I didn't even reply to it. But that fits that type of celebrity, just like Farah Abraham. He's, yeah, he's done a few. Like, I know he did AAW. He did WOH. He did a couple of them. Right. He did a couple of little wrestling appearances, yeah. Can you imagine, Sean, now that you've seen some of my independent footage, can you imagine if I had to book Dustin Diamond with like a 22-year-old Bobby Roode? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I'm looking at this promotion. They're doing TV tapings, and they have Lance Hoyt, MVP, Trevor Murdoch, Scott Steiner, uh, Taya Valkyrie, PCO, Marty Bell, some people who have had national exposure. Jim Ross is on one of the shows. Uh, Whatever. I, I mean, while those aren't monster names, MVP, uh, I can't imagine they're going to last. That, that's an awful lot of payroll oh, yeah. for a show. I mean, Justin Roberts is on there. Oh, yeah. You know, he doesn't come cheap either. Yeah, I he's not exactly. He's yeah, not yeah. exactly like a $50 a night ring announcer or anything. Yeah, yeah. I should have hit him up because I actually heard that he's going to do ring announcing for All In. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I should have hit him up about that. So that's interesting. Anyway... I, I wanted, when I heard about this Farah Abraham person, I thought, I'm going to tell Sean my Dustin Diamond story <laughs> from uh, whatever that was, 15, 17, whatever years ago. Uh, okay, let's talk about, okay, so you know that when it comes to pro wrestling, Sean, I typically am all about realism, I'm all about suspe- suspending disbelief, psychology, that's what I'm a fan of usually, and that's why I'm not big into the Young Bucks with 100 super kicks a match. It's not really my thing. I like realism in pro wrestling, and that's why I've, I've typically been a fan of Brock Lesnar's work is for that reason, right? That being said, Sean, I have to admit I found that something I saw by a promotion called Fantasy Super Cosplay Wrestling, oh FSCW, I found this to be very clever, Sean. It was like with the times... And I thought it was very interesting. And Melissa's got a clip we're going to put up. This clip was from uh, a show last weekend that was part of Florida Supercon in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It features a battle royal. Uh, and this is, I'm, I'm explaining it to people that aren't our video listeners, that are only our audio listeners. This clip features Jeff, the Toys R Us giraffe, in the battle royal, along with Gangrel, who people are familiar with. Go ahead and play the clip, Melissa.
bump over the top. Uh, you all can see our full interview with Gangrel at youtube.com slash Fightful or hit keyword Gangrel and Fightful and you'll see stories. Uh, he was my first guest on Enhancement Stories where he talked about being a jobber back in the day. I got to tell you, man, I, I'm... I'm all about Amazon. I'm a big Amazon guy. I've got a Prime membership. I told you about some things I order that we're going to use for, uh, for contest prizes. I'm a big fan of Amazon. <laughs> but that being said, the old school in me was a little sad that Toys R Us was closing down because of Amazon primarily. But uh, I guess that's where we're at. That's the times, you know? Toys R Us was more of a, a thing that I, like, when I was a kid, the toy stores here were not Toys R Us. The, the closest one was like an hour away. So very rarely would I get to go there for toys, but mm. I always like wanted to just run through Toys R Us. So a little part of me sad about it, but mm-hmm. it made for a segment on this show. Somehow, Last. we took that news and turned it into a segment on on a wrestling podcast. I'm shocked. <laughs> Somehow we did. I'm shocked. You know, we are still awaiting confirmation that we are allowed to show dog piss drinking on this show. So. That hasn't been like <laughs> nope. t- what? They have two weeks to respond. They still haven't responded. What? I just yep. want to say. How funny is it that we got a possible resolution to one thing before this? So uh, let me say this, Sean, and you have my word on this. As soon as we get word from YouTube that this is resolved, I am redoing that Stupid People News story, and I'm putting the video up. Dog piss drinking marathon. (laughs) (laughs) So last week, Sean, I was telling you about how I thought there was correlation between studio confidence and WWE advertising, right? I told you that I thought there was a correlation. The only time that a studio would buy ads on Raw for a rock movie, for a Dwayne Johnson movie, in my opinion, was when the studio didn't have confidence in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so the last few weeks, they were buying ads on Raw for Skyscraper. It debuted last weekend. It did not do well at the box office. I didn't office. think it would. It looks like trash. It looks stupid. It did. So uh, uh, Universal, which is uh, uh, the main studio, they were anticipating a $30 million opening domestically, and they did $25.48 million. They also did $40 million uh, internationally for $65.485 million total. The production budget was $125 million. Can't spend know- that much on a skyscraper movie like that, man. No, and I know the rule of thumb with this stuff is that typically whatever the production budget is, they want to make back double in box office because of marketing. There is zero chance. I know when it comes to Dwayne Johnson, International's big. And, yeah. and, and a lot of his movies, like Hercules comes to mind, that didn't do well domestically and crushed it because of the International. There is no chance, in my opinion, that they're going to make back $250 million on this, China or, or otherwise. I don't think like, so I either. I don't see it, no. That's the type no. of movie that you spend $75 million on, not $125 million on. Yes, that was a tough if they, sell. If they had spent $75 million, maybe $70 million, they could have maybe gotten a winner there i think maybe a couple uh, more flops and we'll see the rock back in the ring for a well, WrestleMania match <laughs> you know john morrison johnny mundo johnny nitro sold his house to finance boone the bounty hunter mm. he's wrestling this sunday at slammiversary in which melissa will likely enjoy <laughs> i spoke to him about him spending that amount of money and uh the the prospect of him getting his money back take a listen remember you mentioning that you had sold your house to finance Boone the Bounty Hunter and uh, part of the trailer, too. How did that end up paying out or paying off for you in the long run? Did you, did you recoup that? I know it's on Netflix. You're doing a lot of different stuff with it. But I'm curious as to how that paid off for you. Um, so what I've learned about movies hence far is uh, they, when, when they are successful, 
they sometimes take a little bit longer to pay off than you would like. So um, the trajectory of Boone is that it's going to uh, more than just make uh, its money back. It's it's on track to like make a ton of money, which is really nice. Um, and so far, it's been paying back. I don't want to say exact numbers. Um, almost the exact uh, amount that I put in, and um, I'm anticipating over the next year to two or three for uh, for the money to, to I don't know <laughs> to keep coming in. Hopefully, uh, enough so that I can make boon too. Bad to the boon. <laughs> Melissa, I believe in you. You said that you think you could do it. Here's the thing. I would want your view on that Impact show as a complete outsider. Yes. Oh, I'll, I'll like, what it. did you think of these people who you were seeing for the first time? Do they – are they up to par to what you expected, like, that type of a show to be? That's, yeah, that's we, what I would want. I don't want would some need, expert. We would need a camera and a mic. So um, either your boyfriend handles it, but then we need, like, a camera and a mic – or Nigel goes and brings a camera and a mic. <laughs> if we can figure that out, mm-hmm. maybe the lighting, we could probably get away without lighting, but we'd at least need camera and a mic. If we can figure that out, then I will uh, consider sending you. We can and send I this guy. I thought, you don't, I thought you don't let them in. <laughs> well. They're only supposed to come in when I screw up the podcast show. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Things are actually going well today. <laughs> I know. Well, my door came Stop jinxing me. So. me. Uh, <laughs> man, anyway. It's amazing how on so many levels you turn into a pussy in that situation. <laughs> Jesus. Look at this. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to see if I can even maintain my composure now. After yeah, this, please. Because you've, you've got a cat flirting with you right there. Aww. He's great. So uh, you know who I was thinking about this week, Sean? When, some, when certain news broke about certain people that were known uh, to be wrestling in certain independent promotions. Uh, my heart was with Matt Riddle, Sean. Yeah, I talked to him last night. Did you? Yeah, it was very, uh, it was a conversation. <laughs> Did you, was, was it a, was it a text message convo or an actual phone call? Let me see what I can provide. Let's see. I sent him a message two days ago and I said, hello, Matthew. My name is Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com inquiring about a potential short interview in the near future. You may remember me from that year we did a podcast together. (laughs) And then he said, who? (laughs) (laughs) And then said, sure, we can do an interview, and sent me this picture back. (laughs) And then I said, okay, first question, why do you have a travel pillow? Do you go places? He replies, not at all. I just like to wear neck pillows while I masturbate in front of my windows with no blinds. Yes, <laughs> I can totally afford window blinds. Well, there you go. So the reason I was looking at Matt Riddle was because first, WWE.com reported that their newest class of recruits reported to the Performance Center in Orlando. I thought you were going to say it's because you masturbated in front of your window with no blinds. Well, Matt must have got the idea somewhere. <laughs> but uh, among the people that reported were Diana Perrazzo and <clears throat> Io Shirai. But the one that made me think of Matt Riddle was Keith Lee. Well, the one former... that made me think of Matt Riddle was Diana Perrazzo because you know, she wrote for Fightful. Okay, there you go, there you go. But I thought about Riddle because him and Keith Lee had a thing on the independence and they had quite a few good matches. Then to take it up to the next level, I guess, Dave Meltzer reports that Jeff Cobb is going to be starting with Ring of Honor this Saturday night. Jeff Cobb was another associate 
known for, for, for Matt Riddle. That means that in a very short period of time, two of Matt Riddle's main associates on the independents, one is now WWE bound and one is Ring of Honor bound. And Matt, keep doing what you're doing. Good things are going to happen. Change some vices, maybe. Good things are going to happen. So but. do you know why the conversation ended between me and Matt? No. I said, so when are you going to ROH? Oh, and he didn't rep- reply? No reply. No reply. Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. He's such a talent, man. It's unfortunate. I hope that he can appear on uh, Lucha Underground. You know that Jeff Cobb is the, on there as the monster Matanza. Mm. It's like they should just replace Jeff Cobb with Matt Riddle as Matt Anza. I was like, it's just completely ignore the fact that somebody else is playing the role. Yeah, Matt Riddle, you know, he's happy. He's. I actually talked to people in WWE about Matt Riddle, and they. I had two people say, he doesn't seem like he wants to go to WWE. He does. And the thing, well, I mean, the thing is, he's he's working like what? He's working every weekend. Yeah. Every single weekend. Not much during the week. Yeah. I think he, he still, still does MMA training, right? I'm sure. I think I'm sure he teaches jujitsu or something. I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. Wrestling, but I mean, yeah. he's making six figures to work the weekends. Yeah. That's a pretty nice gig. I guess. I guess. But whatever. Uh, okay. So I want to move on. This is something I talked about last week a little bit. I think from here on out, Sean, every week I am going to incorporate into this podcast uh, the fact that I want WWE to bring in a Team Canada stable. And I yeah. think I'm, I'm going to somehow bring it in every week. I watched Raw on Monday. I saw Bobby Roode come out to challenge Dolph Ziggler in a non-title match, on, And I saw Dolph Ziggler, who, again, a lot of the fans still look at as a middle-of-the-road guy, even though he's the Intercontinental Champion, you know, because he, he was a jobber for so long. I saw Dolph Ziggler pin Bobby Roode clean as a sheet in a non-title match, and I thought to myself, he needs a change. And I know you suggested maybe James Storm comes in and they're a tag team again, whatever. I think a Team Canada skate stable would be great. And if you look at the roster, Sean, and again, we talked about this in the past, you can exclude Eric Young because he's part of Sanity. You can exclude Chris Jericho because he's a part-timer. You can exclude Brock Lesnar because he's probably going to be gone after SummerSlam. And he's American-born. If you exclude those guys, you still have Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, the Singh brothers, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Natalia all currently on the Raw brand. Like, they're all there, and none of them are doing anything of significance at all. Uh, and you could even throw in Ty Dillinger, even though he's on the SmackDown brand. He's not doing anything either. Put those guys together. You got yourself a new Team Canada stable. Kevin Owens leads the charge. Tell me that would not be entertaining. It would be entertaining if they were willing to get heat off of it. If they when you say they, who do you mean? If they were willing to get real heat off of it. WWE or the wrestlers? WWE. The wrestlers would. The wrestlers yeah. Would really well, some of them. You know, there are some wrestlers that won't do certain things because they're afraid of how it would be portrayed and i mean they're not going to tell them to burn a u.s flag <laughs> you never know, you know? <laughs> just I mean, just just go out there Sean michael was blowing his nose with an yeah flag. i mean yeah. he was number one canadians are nice so we didn't really care too much about that and he was going into business for himself too. and he was at a bad part bad time in his life yeah, yeah. true yeah i so. i like the idea especially if nobody's doing anything it'll i think i might get a shirt made up and I might put those actual wrestlers on the shirt, mm-hmm. and then I might start wearing it for the podcast. Wow! Because I think it'd be a great idea, and they should do a little it. much. I don't care. Some <laughs> hey, a little eccentric. Excuse I have you. I have a life size James Ellsworth in my That's background right here. That's a good point. And Virgil's wearing a Sean Ross sat mask. So yeah, uh, I, ha- I have I have a company a I have a company championship belt right here, <laughs> and you I know, got. 
I got this made from the people that make WWE's belts. Oh, to really? be fair, yeah. I have asked for a Fightful Championship belt and haven't got you the concept art. But yeah, I just want to say it really speaks to how good of a value Fightful Select is that Virgil is broke as shit and he's still a subscriber because he got that mask. Yes, that's right. He does have that mask. Well, and that, you don't that, you don't know this, but the, the pictures of the cat on the stick, that's actually a side prize that we're rewarding. And Virgil got that one too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, little well, I got fact. the real thing little running fact. around my office right now. So, <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll ask Melissa this one. Were you ever a fan? Uh, I don't know what, what he did uh, for regular work, but I'm sure he did stuff. Were you ever a fan of David Arquette? Mm, I'm not sure who that is. Okay, well, there you go. So, Sean, <laughs> what, wow, did, really? what, what did Scream? he do? Okay, Scream, he was in... Okay. Oh, yeah, actually, I talked to Lindsay He was the cop in Scream, that's yeah. right. Perhaps best known as being married to Courtney Cox at yes. one point. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. so I forgot about Scream, so he did Scream. Did he do anything of note aside from Ready to Rumble? Did he do anything of note aside from Scream? I, think, I feel like he was in Jeepers Creepers, maybe, as... Oh. I think? Maybe, no, 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 that was Scream. Uh, 3,000 miles to Graceland... Okay, he's, he's he was a, in. Sean's on his IMDb page now. Yeah, I yeah I'm looking and I'm looking at this stuff right now. Yeah, I don't remember. I definitely November. don't remember. So everybody, I'm sure everybody remembers that he's a former WCW champion. It was a booking decision they made because they thought it would get them a lot of press. Hmm. Uh, didn't really work out, but they did it. And I'm bringing this up because David Arquette, at the age of 47, he's going to be 47 this year, appeared last weekend at a TV taping for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood in a town that I hope I can pronounce called Port Hunim, California. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We have a picture of him uh, uh, in his gear. You can put that up, Melissa. That's cool. That's David Arquette. <laughs> he lost uh, in the match. He lost to R.J. King. It was a match that was taped for the Fight app, and we think they're probably doing a documentary because why the hell else would he do it? Mm-hmm. And then TMZ reported that prior to that match... Arquette did some training in Mexico, and he did a six-man tag on a small show in Tijuana under a mask because he didn't want it to know it was him. Uh, and he was doing that just to kind of get some training in before he did the championship wrestling from Florida thing. So, I mean, he wasn't... I saw some of the footage. Considering that he's a novice at best, he wasn't that bad, Sean. Yeah, I agree. You know? I, so, I agree, and apparently, yeah, there was the thing about him wrestling under a mask uh, earlier in the month that was that came out, and... Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, he's got a connection to wrestling because of that ill-advised storyline and the movie, but more because of the storyline, I believe. Yeah, and he was a lifelong fan. I mean, he did some stuff in WWE, too, didn't he? Didn't they bring him in? Yeah, they brought him in for a guest GM spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so whatever. Uh, the last thing on my list, uh, SummerSlam. So uh, they announced officially Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss. That should be interesting. They haven't made it official, but it's probably going to be Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Probably going to be Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Um, my one question for you is next week they're going to reveal the opponent for AJ Styles. Who do you think that's going to be? Joe. Yeah? Yeah, I think it'll be Joe. Joe's going to get the match. Either that or maybe Almas gets another crack and Joe goes crazy and then he gets himself in the match. I don't know. That could be a fun match. Yeah. That could be good. Now, because we know Brock is going to be on Raw the day after SummerSlam, do you think that they would consider pulling some bullshit like having Brock retain at SummerSlam and then losing on Raw, then would they pull that crap? Braun, yeah, yeah, they they could and would. I mean, they pulled that shit in nineteen ninety nine. Remember? Mm. I mean, they when just mankind, did it. when mankind won it, and then Triple H lost or won it the next night. They just did it. I mean, he didn't lose it the next night, but they just had him retain at Mania when nobody saw that coming. 
Yeah, that's true. So, we'll see. I mean, I, I know that the mentality now is, well, there's more eyeballs watching Raw. That's kind of like what, you know. So, in a way, if you lose on Raw, you got a bigger audience watching that than, than saw the pay-per-view, in theory. But... I still think it'd be a bad uh, a bad look if he retains at Summers. Can you imagine that the crowd in Brooklyn if Brock retained at yeah. Summers? Oh man, not good. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's time to move on from him anyway. To be yeah, and you. and they some they they actually have been successful, I think, in turning him heel with the crowd, just because he's not around. And it seems yeah. now like the crowd doesn't care about him anymore because he's never around. Yeah, and they, so. they've got it to a situation where people are excited to see him stripped of the title and not wrestle. That's not good. No, it's true. That's and, not a good thing. And you know what? Again, like I've, I've seen guys shitting on Brock for that and, and, and voicing their displeasure with that, and I continue to look at the company. They gave him that deal. They, yeah. agree, they agreed to those dates at that money. Brock is doing what he contractually agreed to do. So I don't blame Brock Lesnar at all. Oh, I, blame I, the, I blame the company for creative. He's, yeah, he's doing what, what he was supposed to do all for sure. along. Yep. That's all I got for you, man. That's all you got. Guys, if you all don't go over to Instagram.com slash Online and enter this contest, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do any more podcasts. Really? That could no, affect yeah, your job in a negative kind of, capacity. Kind of, yeah, I mean, it could. Yeah. So, guys, <laughs> hey, don't get me fired. How about that? <laughs> that, should be, that should be a tagline on the contest. Don't get me fired. Enter or Sean is fired. We're getting lots of engagement, but not a lot of entry. So you could win free ghee by just writing something. How about a free ghee, a free Xavier Woods action figure, a free Cesaro action figure? Uh, and I got to go through the DVDs. I haven't done that yet. What? So for now, for now, <laughs> Deal! <laughs> oh, and don't forget, FIFA Select after this, uh, Stewie People Extended. Yeah, we have that 205 Live NXT review from Mr. Warren Hayes. Uh, he's going to be doing a weekly G1 Climax wrap-up video as well. So uh, you, you all can watch out for that. Subscribe to our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. They cover that wrestling, uh, FIFA Wrestling Weekly for us every single week. And then I talk about it on the Weekender podcast. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com. Check out all the neat stuff we have there and most importantly visit fightful.com we're out we're, we're, we're out <laughs> <laughs>